We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Fan Nation over on covering the Oregon Ducks on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's show. We are live on YouTube as always. Oregon Football Max Torres is where you can find us. Make sure you go ahead and like the video, hit the subscribe button, and leave me a comment either in the live chat or on replay, letting me know how you feel about this Oregon football recruiting class in 2023. We even have some 2024 talk to get into today, but in today's video, what I wanted to do since we are starting off the month of November, November, why why not do a little bit of a recruiting rewind? Uh, and take a look back at the month that was for Oregon on the recruiting trail in October because, boy, was it an eventful one. So what my plan is kind of for today's show is to hit on some of the guys that Oregon landed in the month of October, um, kind of looking ahead into the month of November and uh, how important that is for the Ducks, some some big names that we're going to keep an eye on that we're continuing to keep tabs on. And then I even want to mention some of the biggest commitments in the month of October in the Pac-12, uh, because that's uh, it's kind of fun to, to zoom out a little bit and take it a little bit bigger picture. So um, with all that being said, let's hop into uh, the show and just talk about some of these guys that Oregon was able to add in their 2023 recruiting class. So entering the month of October, Oregon had a very big need in this class. Uh, the most glaring need in this class was offensive line. And what did they do? They went and added four, sorry, three offensive linemen um, in, in one month. I actually think that it might be four. Give me a second here just while I check this uh, check this date. Okay, yeah, Bryce Bolton. So they, they also added Bryce Bolton. Can't forget about him. So they added four offensive linemen in a single month, which I think is, is really pretty impressive to, to go from not having any to having a plethora of talented offensive linemen in the fold in the span of one month is, is definitely impressive. Um, and then you also have, you also have uh, Iapani Laulaulu. I think I'm getting really good at saying that name, by the way. Um, I've, I've said it a bunch of times this month, so uh, hopefully I'm getting a little bit better at it. Um, that's Faope's brother who's already at Oregon. So you get the top prospect in the state of Hawaii in the fold in 2023 at a major position of need. 
He took his official visit uh, to Oregon a couple months ago, and that one looked like it was a battle between Oregon and Arizona, and the Ducks were able to win out there. The Brotherhood Connection wins yet again. I talked about that on a previous episode last month, how Oregon's like brother connection really feels like it's undefeated. I, don't, I, I can't think of another school that recruits as effectively as Oregon does utilizing that brother connection. Uh, we talked about some of the other ones, you know, the Die brothers when they were at Oregon. Um, we talked about the Flo brothers, the Sewell brothers, the Herbert brothers. The list really does go on, but but Iapani is the, the latest brother connection to uh, commit to Oregon. You also have George Silva. He's a junior college offensive lineman out of Fullerton College in Southern California, originally from La Habra area. He's a little bit more of an interesting uh, recruit because he's a little bit newer to the sport of football. I was reading somewhere that he actually initially went to Fullerton to, to play basketball, to, to pursue that next step in a whole different sport. But uh, he obviously ended up playing football, and Adrian Clem and the Ducks must think that he's pretty good if they're willing to uh, you know, take his commitment here in the 2023 recruiting class. But George Silva is someone that I definitely want to get out to see in the very near future, seeing that I think I plugged it in. Uh, I'm in Long Beach, and that's only like 40 minutes away or so, so I always like to try to get on the trail, and, and you guys know that if you've been following me for your, for a while. Uh, got to see Jerry Mixon last week when I went home for the Cal game, and uh, that was that was pretty stellar, so I really enjoyed doing that. Um, let's see, we got some folks here in the live chat. We got uh, Steezy here. We have Tad. Uh, we got a super chat from Brooks. Brooks, uh, thank you so much for the donation, man. He says thanks for the coverage. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just really excited to, to get a super chat, uh, get them every now and then, and, and really appreciate any support that comes my way. Appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, really, you know, giving me this platform to, uh, you know, do what I love for a living. So uh, the thanks is is all. Uh, you know, owed to you guys, but appreciate the donation there, Brooks, you the man, you're in all the shows, it feels like, so thanks for stopping by. But let's dive back into some of the guys that we're talking about. So we already talked about Iapani a little bit, uh, and then George Silva as well. I think he's like 6'7", in the 300-something pound range. Let's let's take a look here on 247. 247, uh, his page lists him at 6'7", 295 pounds. Uh, so either way, it's a, it's a huge body. And, um, and I think it's interesting too, because when we're looking at Oregon's recruiting efforts, it's, it's important in the era of the transfer portal to, to not get all of your, you know, key guys necessarily from the high school ranks, because that could hurt you later down the road. You want to have some of these uh, older guys that I think maybe afford you a different type of flexibility when it comes to your recruiting approach. Um, maybe not so much the case with George Silva, because he isn't as experienced as, you know, uh, Asala coming out of uh, Navarro College in, in Texas or TJ Bass out of Butte College. Like those guys were pretty much ready-made starters by the time they got to Oregon because they had played a lot of football before getting to the uh, D1 level, having gone to junior college. But I feel like in terms of the high school guys that they got um, in on the offensive line between Iapani and, and Lipe, Moala and Bryce Bolton, I I'm inclined to think that Iapani is probably the most um of the the most ready college ready of those three guys you know super super big frame he's only about six two so not super tall for an offensive lineman but I think he's in the area of 320 to 330 pounds uh so you know Oregon's uh 
Oregon's not going to have any shortage of, of beef in the trenches here as they move forward recruiting the offensive line position. Talk a little bit more about Lipe Mawala. I think he was a little bit of a, you know, a newer guy that was kind of on Oregon football's radar and on my radar. Uh, I remember the first time I saw him in person was for the uh, modern day Corona Centennial game. I think that was the day before Oregon played Georgia. So that would have been early, early September. Can't believe that's two months ago at this point. But I saw him, huge, huge dude, rocks number 77. And um, I was like, wow, that dude's huge. And I saw his last name, Moala. And as you guys know, there's a JR Moala on the Oregon recruiting staff. And I said, oh my gosh, I've ever, you know, that <laughs> there, there are just so many family connections again, like I was saying. And he obviously ended up, uh, I found out that um, JR Moala is Lipe's uncle. And uh, Lipe is the nephew of uh, Oregon football great Haloti Nata. So I just love finding those storylines when, when you're covering recruiting. But, you know, another really, really big guy, 6'6", 330 is what he's listed at. Had some other Pac-12 offers uh, on, on the plate, you know, when he eventually ended up committing to Oregon. Seven reported offers on his uh, 247 recruiting profile. Um, had offers from Washington and Utah. Um, I think both of those schools have done pretty pretty good job producing offensive linemen. You have Jackson Kirkland recently with Washington. Uh, and then Utah is, a, is another school that's always been really, really strong in the trenches, maybe more so on the defensive side is kind of what you're prolific, prolific for. Uh, but I think you also have Garrett, Garrett Broyles, who is on the Denver Broncos now, I want to say. I think he went to Utah, so he had, they have some experience they can you know draw on. But for Oregon, Oregon may well be able to say they have the top tackle in uh, in the NFL right now. Certainly a top five tackle, I think, with, with uh, Panay Sewell doing what he's doing with the Lions. Um, Trent Williams is, is on the 49ers. So, you know, I'm always going to be excited to, to talk about the Niners and, and see some of their success, even though it's been a little bit of a, a weird season. Very, very up and down, but he's been hurt. So I say all that to say that really, I think one of the biggest takeaways from the month of October for Oregon is that they are still going to be a recruiting powerhouse at the offensive line position. Now, I will say the guys they have in the fold maybe don't have that same, uh, you know, high billing as some of these other guys have in, in previous classes, but these are quality guys that, that Oregon definitely has a lot of confidence in that they'll be able to contribute later on down the road. Maybe these guys aren't ready-made starters, but the situation isn't necessarily so dire that Oregon needs these offensive linemen that they've landed in the 2023 class to come to campus and, and start right away. Um, if you're just looking at it from a roster management standpoint, projected to lose Alex Forsyth, Ryan Walk, TJ Bass and uh, Sala as well. But one of the things I can't remember I mentioned if I mentioned it or not on a previous episode of the pod is Stephen Jones has missed a lot of time this season. Uh, we still don't have a, a, a timeline for a return for him along the offensive line. But, um, you know, you never want to see a guy get hurt. But from Oregon's perspective, maybe the the duration of this injury is is going to make it so they have, you know, a little bit of a different conversation around what his plans are in 2023 when we're talking about declaring for the NFL draft or coming back to Oregon for, for another year uh, where when Oregon's offense is just dominating right now, uh, one of the hottest offenses in the entire country. Um, so maybe Stephen Jones ends up coming back uh, after this season. You know, we'll see. There's only four regular season games left. Uh, you got Colorado this week. Then you have Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. And then, you know, if you play your cards right and handle your business, maybe you're playing in Vegas for that Pac-12 title game uh, early early December, I want to say. 
So maybe Stephen Jones comes back, but those are some of the losses we know Oregon's going to have. And because Stephen Jones has missed a lot of time, Marcus Harper has played a lot of snaps this year at left guard, and he's done a damn good job playing left guard. Marcus Harper the second, um, really been fun watching him play and and just really excel because you know when I was in Eugene the past two years covering this team and talking to the offensive line coach, the offensive lineman, Marcus Harper was always, always, always a name that people raved about. Uh, Marcus Harper was someone that was really, really, uh, you know, viewed very highly by the coaching staff and his teammates. And then Stephen Jones goes down and Marcus Harper even said, I think it was like a thousand days or something. He'd been counting in his head since he had last uh, contributed uh, on the field and he was more than ready for it. And the nice thing is he's playing guard right now, but he also has the ability to play center. I think he's got a lot of versatility there. Um, But, and on a similar note, Jackson Powers Johnson, another young offensive lineman who has played a lot of snaps this year. Um, You know, since Oregon's been able to blow out some of these opponents, I think that they've been able to uh, get Jackson in a little bit more. He's getting some quality snaps, like when the game's not put away at guard, but when the game is more put away and they're bringing some of the backups in, they're getting him some good snaps at center. You have Josh Connerly, who has burned his red shirt at this point. So that's a good thing for Oregon, I think, because like we were talking about with this offensive line picture, you have him that you're comfortable to turn to next year. Uh, Foul Bay is getting some more snaps. Dawson Jaramillo, I feel like he's not playing as much as he was last year, but that's another veteran guy that I think you feel comfortable sliding into a bigger role in, in 2023. So given those guys and then the way that they've Oregon has added offensive linemen in 2023, I think that they're really positioning themselves well to address the need, fill the need, and and go into next season with, with a whole lot of confidence as far as the offensive line because we know that that's where things start. And that is a massive reason why Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, Noah Whittington, Troy Franklin, and you know, name the skill player, they've been able to enjoy a tremendous amount of success because Oregon's offensive line has been just so effective this year. Um, and then Bryce Bolton, I think he's he's definitely a lot more undersized when you're looking at the offensive line position. I think he's around 6'3, 250. But if you turn on the tape, that dude can move. He's really, really quick. He has great agility. Uh, obviously Oregon, you know, thinks that they have some, some good, uh, you know, room to add on that frame of his once he gets to the college uh, level. Um, so I think now, especially with some of these guys, maybe not being the higher tier offensive lineman that we've been a little used, more used to Oregon recruiting. Maybe it's even more important that these guys get early, get to campus early, get in that weight program. They're around for spring ball. Um, I think that's really important. And then you have some other guys in the 2022 class that are already on the roster at offensive line. Dave Uly was someone who came to Oregon with a lot of acclaim, highly touted recruit. Kavika Rogers was a late addition after the new staff came in. Um, you also had Michael Wooten from the 2022 class, Sierra Canyon guy. Um, so I think that the way Oregon has made so much progress on the recruiting trail, particularly co- uh, recruiting offensive linemen, has been one of the biggest takeaways from Uh, all of October and the way they were able to do it so quickly, I think it really sparked that momentum. And I think that's another like kind of underrated aspect of recruiting, you know, sure. A guy is going to commit when he wants to, but I I feel like to a degree, there's some kind of planning going on behind the scenes with, with regard to timing and and announcement and releasing that. And I think that that's kind of an under the radar aspect of recruiting, you know, being able to, you know, kind of manage those commitments when they are released and then use that to, to you know, kind of keep building momentum. 
so great, great job for Oregon uh, getting some big offensive linemen in the fold in 2023. And then they were able to also take another step, take it one step further and push into 2024 when they added A.J. Pugliano, the tight end out of North Medford, uh, top in-state guy. Uh, and he's right there in the conversation with Joey Olson out of uh, Lake Oswego. He's committed to USC right now. He's kind of a wide receiver tight end hybrid, but really important for, for Oregon to, you know, I don't want to say it a million times. It's not like a broken record, but prioritize that in-state talent that is capable, keyword being capable of producing for you at the college level. We all know that Oregon isn't necessarily a talent powerhouse, but when there are those guys in your own backyard, you definitely want to make sure you secure uh, the state and make sure you get those top guys that are already in your backyard to play their college football for you. And Dan Laney has made that a priority since coming to Oregon, whether it be, you know, prep guys, whether it be walk-ons. Uh, I think that's another uh, really interesting way that he has, you know, he and the staff have really utilized the state of Oregon. Maybe you're not giving scholarships to all these guys that are coming over, but you have some guys that are capable of, uh, you know, contributing to your team. Maybe it's on scout team or the the look team as we've heard throughout the season. Um, but, but as far as AJ Pugliano, he is a quality, quality prospect at tight end. Oregon's tight ends have been playing some terrific football this year. They're more involved than we've seen them. in I don't know, three years more involved than we ever saw them under Mario Cristobal, unless you count blocking on a lot of run plays. Terrence Ferguson, I think is second on the team now in touchdowns. Uh, I want to say Troy Franklin leads the way in that category um, for receiving touchdowns. But Terrence Ferguson is having a heck of a season. Maliki Matavau, when I was seeing him at the Cal game out in Berkeley, he had some nice grabs. Patrick Herbert gets his first touchdown at the college level. Um, Cam McCormick's also playing well. He's getting uh, involved. In, uh, and that uh, that tight end play is having a very, very positive effect on recruiting beyond just A.J. Pugliano. There's another guy I want to talk about later in this episode. But great for Oregon to get some momentum on the recruiting trail in general, but I think really to to take it into 2024 is is that next step we were kind of looking for. Uh, and then you also want to keep an eye on Brandon Baker, uh, Justin Williams, the 2024 Texas linebacker. I know that he's someone who is really feeling Oregon. And, and I've heard, excuse me, I've heard some good things about, you know, how Oregon feels with their chances there. So make sure you guys keep an eye on him. Um, but yeah, so let's see, we, we have some of those, those, that was the action that happened, you know, getting up to speed. In October, we're going to take a quick break for those people listening to us on the audio side of things. And we'll be right back with more Oregon football coverage, more Oregon football recruiting. That is after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to the Duck Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. If you guys are watching live on YouTube, Oregon Football, Max Torres, where you can find us, thanks for tuning in. Reminder to hit that like and subscribe button and the notification bell to not miss out on future live streams like this one. Trying to get more consistent with the timing, but sometimes, you know, when the time's right, you just got to go for it. So uh, that's why I didn't really tweet this one out too much ahead of time. But let's kind of look ahead for Oregon, because now, Oregon, you do a good job in October, but you're a full month closer to the early signing period now. We're like a month and a half away, which means this month of November and you know early on in December are absolutely crucial. Right now, Oregon's 2023 recruiting class is ranked number 11 in the country, according to the 247 Sports Composite. Uh, Oregon was also uh, ranked in the latest SIL American 2023 recruiting class rankings. They came in at number 12, I believe. Yep, number 12. Two other teams in the Pac-12 were in the, inside the top 25 on those rankings. USC right on Oregon's heels at number 13. And then the Washington Huskies, with led by Kalen DeBoer in his first year, at number 24, just sneaking in there. So Oregon has two more home games this year on the schedule. You got Washington next week. I'll be there. You got Utah next week, or not the next, the following week, rather. You have Washington and Utah following this game against Colorado. So not only are those huge games on the field, but imagine the recruiting momentum that you can build if you take care of business, go undefeated in Pac-12 play, beat your rivals, uh, get revenge on Utah. And, you know, if you can do that and at home, you have a tremendous opportunity to capitalize. You have some some big names that are expected to be on campus kind of in that two-week window uh, to close out the regular season for Oregon. A big, big name that we uh, will talk about a little bit here is 2023 Louisville commit uh, Jamari Johnson from Inglewood, California, Inglewood High. He's a he's an athlete, man. Uh, I, I posted a video yesterday. I got to talk to him at practice. But uh, the big thing there, the Louisville commit Jamari Johnson is planning to take an official visit to the University of Oregon for that Utah game. So he's one of the biggest names that's going to be on campus for Oregon in the month of November as we head towards early signing day. Really big to have official visits this late in the cycle. He's only taken one other official visit and that is to Louisville. So we got to see kind of what the visit picture ends up shaping out to be for him. I'll have more on Jamari Johnson later today on ducksdigest.com. So make sure you guys stay tuned in there 
for the latest on the recruiting trail for Oregon and, and kind of where the Ducks are at with Jamari. But another another guy you got to look at is Roderick Pleasant, the the uh, really, really speedy, talented defensive back out of Gardena, Sarah. Um, and he's kind of looked like USC's to lose for quite a while because Lincoln Riley and his staff is have been prioritizing Southern California um, like the other staff didn't under Clay Helton. So I think that he's a huge name to watch. Uh, he's been out to Cal for a recent uh, official visit. I think he's going to be, when I talked to him uh, earlier in the season, his official visit to Oregon was set for that Utah weekend as well. So Jamari Johnson and Roger Pleasant, it looks like they're going to be on campus at the same time for their official visits. I think Oregon's got some work to do there just because Pleasant hasn't been to campus in, in a little bit. And he's taken some of these other official visits. I think Penn State and Miami were two other schools that were kind of getting into the picture there, you know, kind of trying to emerge a little bit in that recruitment uh, as of late. But Roger Pleasant is about as talented of a defensive back as they come. He can do a lot on offense as well. I don't think that's necessarily the plan right now. Uh, I have to rack my brain a little bit to uh, think about, you know, what things would look like for for him on offense. I want to say that was part of what um, part of what he said. Oregon was uh, was maybe pitching him was maybe have the opportunity to play a little bit on offense. But I got to fact check that. Just something to to chew on a little bit right now as he uh, as he you know doesn't look like he's near a decision because with Roger Pleasant, you got to think. Keep in mind here, he's a track guy. He wants to have that senior track season, so he's someone who can maybe like Josh Connerly push that recruiting timeline a little bit farther than most people typically do, especially with the early signing period coming in December. So Roger Pleasant, another name you got to keep an eye on. And then uh, let's talk about DJU, DJ, DJ, not DJU, sorry, Mateo, Mateo, you, uh, you got to get Mateo Uyunglele back onto campus. I think that's absolutely a priority for Oregon. He's looking like the top edge rusher still on the board for them. Talk about a game-changing talent in the trenches for Oregon. I think that they've had, you know, a dude or two uh, each year. You had Kayvon Thibodeau last year. You had Brandon Dorless this year. DJ Johnson looks like he's starting to take that next step. But with Oregon's class right now, I think they have some of those dudes on offense. You have a five-star wideout in Jurion Dickey, a five-star quarterback in Dante Moore. I think you he's not a five-star, but he's a dude. Four-star running back Dante Dadell out of Picayune, Mississippi. But you're still looking for that just can't miss talent, just bona fide stud on defense. That's not a slight to any of the guys already in the fold, but you want someone to, of that caliber, you know, to match to pair with uh, those guys on, on offense that I just mentioned with with Dante and Jurion and Mateo could be that guy. Um, really like that the the talent that Oregon has in the trenches in 2024 as far as a defensive line perspective. You have Terrence Green. You have um, Tavita Pomee, you have uh, Amari Washington, Michael Gardner, two of the best that Arizona has to offer, and they're going to Oregon. So that's the thing here is you can't get complacent, and Oregon is far from doing that. They are not going to be complacent at all. But I feel like for Mateo, I need to talk to him again pretty soon because I haven't talked to him in a while, but it's usually kind of the same, the same thing when it comes to recruiting when you talk with him, unless he goes out to take another visit. I personally have the feel that he's Ohio State's to lose right now, just with Larry Johnson and everything they have going on there. He's been to USC a whole bunch because, like I said earlier with Roger Pleasant, Lincoln Riley is getting the local talent on campus often, very, very often. So that's an easy trip for him to make. So I think if Oregon wants to have a shot at Mateo, they got to get him back on campus. He is an early signee guy, early enrollee guy. 
So I think he's one of the biggest names to monitor for Oregon as we head into the month of November. Two other names that I want to talk about, Dalen Austin, the LSU cornerback commit has been very, very high on Oregon. He took an unofficial visit out to Eugene earlier this season. And when I've talked, spoken with him previously, he said he wanted to take an official visit out to Oregon. So here we are again, looking at that, uh, that Washington game, that Utah game, and then maybe even um, maybe early December, I believe, I believe schools are able to host official visits in early December as well. But if Oregon ends up going to the Pac-12 title game, um, you know, that's not a bad pitch by any means, but it's another, it's another dimension that you have to manage uh, if you are playing more games. Uh, you know, Oregon's potentially going to be playing another game and some of these other schools in the conference won't be, and they'll be a little bit more free to recruit. But Dalen Austin, track guy, Long Beach Poly, the, there's so many connections on this staff, you know, throughout Southern California have Demetrius Martin. Uh, you have uh, Rashad Wadud, who comes over from Long Beach Poly. Um, you have Adrian Clem, who's another Southern California guy. Colin Lockett, a St. John Bosco guy. He works with the receivers. So just the more Southern California connections you have, uh, the better. Uh, I don't think there's too many Poly guys that have gone through Oregon, but, you know, there's St. John Bosco pipeline. There's the modern day pipeline. There's a Rancho Cucamonga uh, with, with Jalen Red. if you want to dial it back a little bit more. Um, so Oregon's putting themselves in a really good position to make a super strong push for Dalen Austin. But what's a recent update we have? He was out in Baton Rouge for his official visit to LSU, and he looks like he loved that trip. So Brian Kelly isn't going to make it easy for Oregon or any of these other schools that are still in the picture uh, to pry Dalen Austin away from the Tigers uh, and then I think another name to maybe keep an eye on is, uh, is Blake Nicholson. He's a Northern California linebacker committed to Florida state. Uh, I kind of have the feeling that Oregon is still, is still working on that one. You know, maybe just, you know, Hey, try to rethink this a little bit. You know, FSU is all the way across the country. He took a visit to Oregon pretty last minute. His game got canceled the, the weekend before he announced his initial commitment to Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. Uh, and Oregon was able to get him back on campus, try to, you know, you know, get in there at the last minute. But I think, with Oregon having a need at linebacker, you have Jerry Mixon in the fold. I believe he's the only true linebacker for Oregon in this class. Um, so I, with that being said, I think that linebacker is still a need for Oregon, especially with Noah Sewell looking like he's going to be, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be gone next year. Uh, Got to see what's going on with guys like Justin Flo and maybe some other names there, but, but Noah Sewell is the guy, you know, you're losing. So you lose a talent like that, you just got to help yourself out and, and get more linebackers. Um, the other thing I wanted to note is um, just something to keep an eye on here and, and to think about with uh, the recruiting trail. I think it, it's at least for this class. I don't know if it's a long-term rule, but the NCAA got rid of the 25-man class, the, the cap on 25 uh, total recruits in a signing class. So Oregon can sign essentially as many as they want, as long as they stay within that 85 scholarship limit. But what does that mean? You kind of maybe see where this is going, maybe some chaos in the transfer portal. Just, you know, it's, it's going to be one of the most hectic transfer portal seasons ever. Um, we, we already saw that earlier this week. I remember I got back on Monday and, and the, the story broke that seven McGee intended to enter the transfer portal when that window opens uh, in early December, Dan Lanning confirmed that he was no longer with the team wishing him the best of luck in his press conference on Monday. So I feel like we've got some really good stuff. I went through the names that Oregon's added in October. Some of the other names you got to keep an eye on, um, you know, here in the 2023 class, some of the remaining needs. I think they're also maybe trying to get another back to pair with Dante Dowdell. 
One of the names to keep an eye on there is Cameron Cook, TCU running back commit. TCU is killing it, and Cameron Cook is from the state of Texas, so that's not going to be easy for Oregon to pry him away, see if they can get him back on campus maybe. But what I want to do to wrap the show is talk about some of the other big commitments in the Pac-12 in the month of October. I know we always know how Oregon's doing. We like to keep you guys up to date there, but let's look at some of the other guys that uh, hopped in the fold at various Pac-12 schools throughout the month of October. Let's start with USC, you know, school right on Oregon's heels when it comes to the rankings. USC was able to land uh, offensive lineman Elijah Page out of Arizona. You'll remember if you follow recruiting that he was formerly committed to Notre Dame. The Trojans were also able to add linebacker slash edge rusher David Peavy from Lincoln and San Diego. He's teammates with Roderick Robinson, who was committed to UCLA. Flipped his commitment to the Georgia Bulldogs, but PV is PV's a pretty special talent. I think with him, it's just a matter of consistency and you know production. Uh, but Lincoln is playing some tremendous football, and, and it was fun to watch uh, David PV when I went out there. Stanford added edge rusher Trey Williams from Parish Episcopal, and let me tell you something about Parish Episcopal. If that name sounds familiar out in Dallas area, it's because Oregon was recruiting Andrew Paul very very hard there uh, in the 2022 class. Andrew Paul ended up going to Georgia, but, uh, you know, Trey Williams, the edge rusher, I feel like Stanford does a pretty good job getting guys from Texas and, and really, I think, recruiting nationally. They're one of the more effective teams when it comes to recruiting nationally within the Pac-12. So Trey Williams may not be the highest rated guy, but uh, I think anytime you can get someone from a really talented school that is just known for producing really talented players, you're setting yourself up for success. Uh, things are not going so well on the farm. Maybe this is uh, David Shaw's last season. Uh, I would think, but uh, Trey Williams, I think looks real solid. How about Utah, the Utes? Uh, Utah was able to add tight end CJ Jacobson out of the state of Idaho. Uh, he was on Oregon's radar for a while, kind of a uh, you know higher three-star three, three star rating guy, um, but CJ Jacobson is, is a pretty special talent. Uh, Oregon went into Idaho to get their tight end in 2023 with uh, Kenyon Sadiq, and then they're also looking at Jamari Johnson, uh, who I mentioned from Inglewood, he wants to play tight end at the next level. But uh, the Utes add C.J. Jacobson, and they also added wide receiver Daedrin Zipperer, or Daedrin Zipperer from Lakeland, Florida. That's the same high school as Cormani McLean, the nation's number one defensive back in 2023. He committed to Miami. So if you're adding skill talent from the state of Florida, another example, setting yourself up for success. Washington State added wide receiver Brandon Hawkins from Navarro College, which is where the Ducks found Sala, Molly Sala Amavailaulu, um, from Navarro College in Texas. So another example of a school that's known to produce pretty good talent. And then UCLA was another hot team in the Pac-12 in October. Not super highly rated uh, or ranked, I should say, within the class rankings. I think they only have seven or eight commits, but they were able to land St. John Bosco safety, RJ Jones, formerly committed to Cal Berkeley. Linebacker Solomon Malafu from Kaapa, Hawaii, and athlete Ethan O'Connor just a couple days ago from Los Alamitos, another really talented school out here in the Southern California, Los Angeles area. And then Arizona State, even amid a coaching search, they were able to add running back Kyson Brown from Lancaster, Texas. So they were able to get a little bit of momentum on their own end. So kind of a kind of a good, you know, little picture of the, you know, what was going on in the Pac-12 this month in October. Oregon continues to surge on the recruiting trail, and this is a super important month for them. Uh, you know, last full month to really, really work on the 2023 recruiting class before early signing period. But that'll do it for us here on the Ducks Dish Podcast. This has been the Oregon football uh, recruiting October 
Rewind. I feel like I could have worded that better. Oregon Football Recruiting October Rewind. That's pretty good, uh, but we'll see. We'll see if I can maybe clean it up a little bit in, in the next one. But that'll do it for me on this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for your support and for tuning in. However, you're tuned in, um, you know, do me a favor and share the Ducks Dish Podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. We are trying to grow the community uh, on the Ducks Dish Podcast and right here on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. But that'll do it for us. I uh, got plenty of stuff to work on for the rest of the day, so I'm gonna hop out of here. But thanks, guys, for stopping by, giving me some of your time to talk about duck football on the recruiting trail. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.